Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to open a sparkling water, too, just so I can pretend I'm hydrating, even though yeah. I'm not convinced those work. Yeah, halfsies. Uh, That's what I try to do now. Yeah. I still go through the whole bottle in one recording. Oh, sure. But at least I'm also hydrated. <laughs> Everyone's like, you should drink more water. And I'm like, the only way I'm going to do that is when I'm drunk. It blows my mind that neither of you drink regular water. I do. I actually do do drink flat water throughout the day. It's Bill, my partner, who is like obsessed Mm -hmm. with sparkling water, like refuses to drink flat water. Yeah. I have two soda streams in my house and I have a soda stream canister subscription through like a different company that I love. So I'm never out because it sends right. you two more while you're still working on your third. Oh, God. God bless it's it. a genius. I have I acid it. reflux, so I can't I can't go completely hog wild on sparkling water because it irritates my reflux. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> yeah. I do really <laughs> like it when I do have it. I probably have like one, maybe two cans a day. Bill has like five. It's bonkers. I can't do the cans because I go through them way too fast. And mm-hmm. even like recycling them, I still feel guilty about the environment. Oh, yeah. We have so. a soda stream and still go through cases. Oh, oh my. That man loves well, sparkling water. That's what Bill and I can bond over since I'm yeah. not a cat person. We can Get bond it. over sparkling water. Yeah. He has two facets to himself. Cats <laughs> and sparkling water. I mean, <laughs> he likes face masks, so do As I. As someone who Skincare. loves him a lot, those are his two predominant facets. And plants. He's he does plant. really. He's a very good plant dad. He loves self care. Okay. He has a lot of facets, but like loving his cat and loving sparkling water, top two. Right, right. So <laughs> we'll you both him. have long hair. Yeah, that gets tangled when unattended. Mm-hmm. He probably also doesn't like to brush his hair like does I do. Not like it. Okay, who the fuck are we oh. and what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> um, I'm Kenyon. I, I like, like to- this podcast. <laughs> I don't like to brush my hair, and I love sparkling water. <laughs> I'm Lucy. I like cats and I have a cold. Mm. (laughs) I'm Amanda. And I recently saw this meme of someone with like a very pained face. And it's like when you turn on or 30 minutes into your favorite true crime podcast and they're still talking about their weekend. (laughs) And it's us. (laughs) I don't. I don't. Well, I'm talking. I like talking about myself and my two best friends. So I don't mind. (laughs) Mm -mm. Whatever. Okay. Not at all. We have a very special fan pick this week brought to you by our lovely fan picker, Sarah Couch. Or Cooch. No <laughs> way to know. Couch. Couch. It's Gaelic. Couch. 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 I mean, I love couches and I love cooches. So good, good on you, Sarah. And yeah. Sarah has uh, both are a good lay. <laughs> <laughs> 
God. I do love napping on a good cooch. Cough medicine, y'all. Buckle up. Girls on the moon. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, Lucy legit earlier today asked if we were recording an episode that we definitely released last week. (laughs) We released it today. (laughs) (laughs) And then when we were like, we were like, we recorded that, just went LOL cough medicine. (laughs) <laughs> that was the that was the explanation and we were like oh okay yeah oh, that yeah, tracks gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> okay Sarah has selected the topic of crimes caught on tape which yeah. I thought was a very creative yeah and exciting yeah so, I like this one Amanda what is our wine crime pairing for crimes caught on tape well god bless that cooch our fan picker <laughs> also picked the wine <laughs> mm. So this fan pick wine is the Evil Eye Red Blend. How yes. perfect is that? The eye in I the like sky. That. Oh, so good. And this is like speaking to me directly. So I am very excited about this wine. Evil Eye is a juicy red blend from the Aragon region of Spain. Oh my. That consists of Garnacha, Tempranillo, and Carignan. Nailed it. Yeah, get after it. It's produced from Ancient Vines by Castillo de Montserrat, which I believe that's the the vineyard. Mm -hmm. Evil Eye delivers a powerful dark punch that will repel any wicked force. This beauty is barrel aged for three months before bottling and boasts aromas and flavors of plum, blackberry and vanilla This is like a rich, full-bodied red, but it's going to be balanced out by really nice acidity. So it's not going to finish super sweet. It's not going to drink sweet. It's not going to finish too wet. Mm. You're going to have a nice, dry, (laughs) clean finish on your palate. These are like my favorite kinds of red Mm. blends. I'm so excited. She also clocks in in that perfect Goldilocks zone of 13.5% ABV. And this wine pairs extraordinarily well with acidic tomato-based pasta dishes. So I know we're going to get along real well. I am made of, that's my body type as pasta dish. Yes. Ooh, love that. Show me the ravioli. (laughs) Uh, All right. Yeah, I'm pumped. She's a popper. Let's do it. Should we do it? Let's pop. Okay, here we go. Caught that on tape. It sounds like a Game of Thrones episode. Oh, it's like description of this wine. The Aragon region of Spain. Yeah, the Castillo de Montserrat. Yeah. Here for it. Mm -hmm. The evil eye always pays their debts. I just realized, speaking of evil eyes, it's uh, ironic that this isn't a video episode. I know. Oh, yeah. Well. But we're caught on tape. Like audio tape. That's Mm -hmm. true. Sorry about that. We didn't think about that. Big Brother Zuck is always watching anyway. So I'm sure we're on someone's camera. Mm -hmm. Oh, we'll get to it. Big Zuck. (laughs) All right. Big Zuck. Ew. That's so gross. Lucy, what is our background and maybe psych for crimes caught on tape? (laughs) There's no psych. Also, (laughs) as I mentioned, I have a cold. I'm not feeling that great. There's a lot to get into in terms of like human rights violations 
mm-hmm. when it comes mm-hmm. to surveillance. Mm-hmm. I'm going to touch on that, but it was just too deep a well. I couldn't fucking deal. And so. I'm sure we'll circle back to that at some point with like privacy invasion or some other fucking topic. Who knows? We're going to yeah. be milking this podcast well forever. Oh, so yeah. like we will yeah. get to it. <laughs> we don't will get to it. worry. We have not circled back on a single topic in four years. <laughs> right. We'll get to it. <laughs> Okay, so when we're talking about things being caught on tape, first of all, it's a very outdated term because we don't use tape anymore. Yeah, I was actually wondering if the if the little baby Gen Zers even like know why that's a phrase. I don't know. Probably not. Yeah. Google it. We're moving on. <laughs> but we're talking about surveillance. I love sick, cranky Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> Google it. It's not my job to give you the background on this. Oh, wait. On tape? No, it's not. Is it weird that I feel kind of mothered and nurtured by sick, cranky Lucy? (laughs) Yes, it's weird, but it also does not shock me because that has been your relationship since the beginning. We actually get along really well when I'm sick and cranky. Yeah. I feel like I'm on Kenyon's level. hand that only Lucy can provide. It makes me gentler (laughs) and it kind of evens us out. (laughs) Yeah, I'm on your level. Yeah. Lucy doesn't have the milk of mother's kindness in her anymore. (laughs) Rest in peace, Jessica Walder. (laughs) My mother's milk is white Russians. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're talking about surveillance in general. This is from Wikipedia. Surveillance is the monitoring of behavior activities or information. It's not COVID, people. I got tested. Don't at me. (laughs) Or information for the purpose of information gathering, influencing, managing, or directing. This can include observation from a distance by means of electronic equipment, such as closed closed circuit television, CCTV. I prefer closed circus. (laughs) Yeah. Clothed circus television. Clothed circus. (laughs) I love that. Oh, my God. Or interception of electronically transmitted information, such as internet traffic. It can also include simple technical methods, such as human intelligence gathering and postal interception. We are not going to talk about the latter three in this episode. We're just talking about, like, CCTV, essentially. Works for me. Mm-hmm. Also, ironically, CCTV is also the name of China's state-controlled TV broadcaster. Oh, Ooh. ironic, yeah. China, China Central TV. Mm-hmm. Surveillance is used by governments for intelligence gathering, prevention of crime, the protection of a process, person, group, or object, or the investigation of crime. Mm-hmm. It is also used by criminal organizations to plan and commit crimes and by businesses to gather intelligence on criminals, their competitors, suppliers, or customers. Mm-hmm. Can also be used by homeowners to monitor their properties. Quick anecdote. Yeah. I probably mentioned this. I have both a Ring doorbell camera mm-hmm. and also an Arlo security camera. And uh, two summers ago when we were on tour, Corey and I had just gotten brand new bikes. And because we're fucking idiots, I had them locked up on our porch. Mm. Mm-hmm. Still locked, though. They were locked. It was on a bike lock. It was on a private porch. I had security cameras. I didn't feel that stupid at the time, but Mm. in retrospect, it was really fucking stupid. And one day I was home and my front window was open. So I didn't open the door or anything, but this random 
young man came up to my door, knocked on the door, and I like went to the window screen and was like, mm-hmm. uh, can I help you? And he's like, is Sarah here? And I was like, there's no one named Sarah. Do you like, mean oh. cooch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got your cooch right here, bitch. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> well, uh, he was like, well, that was he- your first mistake. <laughs> And then, he probably wouldn't have come back if you had. Right? Just probably. <laughs> got your cooch like right the here. The of just escalating and being way out crazying whoever's yes, coming at you. anding all the criminals. <laughs> <laughs> That's a chance I wasn't willing to take at the That's moment, but I love method. where your head's at. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Here she like, is. Like you just days. bring one of your cats. <laughs> My guard cats. God, I'd be living for that if that really happened. Anyway, basically, he or somebody affiliated with him was came back like two nights later with their stupid head wrapped in a t-shirt. Yeah. Cut the cut the lock and stole Corey's bike. Not mine, just Corey's. Yep. But he was definitely scoping out our security system. Oh, for sure. Or just mm-hmm. scoping, getting a closer look at the bikes on your porch. Mm-hmm. They that were was a well, recon mission. They were well aware for of sure. the camera and where, like, how much the cameras could see. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he came around the side of the yard, cut the lock from outside the porch, then came onto the porch and stole the bike. And rode specifically the way that the camera wasn't pointing. I mean, honestly, he put in way more effort than, like, anyone here in Louisville because literally, like, more than half, way more than half of our, like, ring neighborhood app posts are just, like, brazen opportunist people just, like, grabbing shit off the porch, like. No, they they look at the camera. They're like, waving. Yeah, there's just like <laughs> no shame. Nothing. I prefer that. I'm like, get it. Just mm-hmm. you know, confidence. Act like you're. This package is for you. Mm-hmm. If you just act like this is your porch and this package is for you, then mm-hmm. who's gonna stop you? Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, the cops don't. They don't really give a don't shit. They you don't give investigate. Them the they, don't they don't care. Give a shit. Yeah, no, right. they, they don't, don't care. Cops are fucking useless. Yeah. Yeah. There so. I said it in every episode. <laughs> uh, there I said it for the Again. trillionth time. Yeah. Again. There I filled my quota for this 20-minute time span. <laughs> Even if footage fails to capture a criminal's face, it can help police pinpoint the time of a crime Retrace the criminal steps or get vehicle descriptions and license plate numbers. Here's my second anecdote. Mm. This was last fall, I think. One of our new neighbors, they had just had a baby. They lived two doors down. And I came home to a post-it note on our door asking like, hey, this is Michael or whatever his name is. I don't remember his name. (laughs) From a couple doors down. Did you get any uh, security footage on your camera around between like 2 and 4 a.m. of a car driving away from our house? Mm. Ooh, don't like that time frame. So somebody, well, several people had broken in. Okay, the woman had had a baby like literally that week. Oh, oh God. my God. A break-in and a new baby on the same oh, week. That's they had so just, scary. They had moved in recently. She just had a baby and they had just gotten engaged. So she... Ha- she did, she wasn't wearing the ring because her hands were swollen. Yeah. So the ring was in 
oh my god, I think it, it was in it wasn't in their bedroom, but it was like uh, it was like near the bedrooms mm. somewhere, and somebody had cut the screen, climbed in through their kitchen, <gasps> rifled through their coat pockets to find their car keys. Oh mm-hmm. no! Went upstairs, stole the ring. Mm-hmm. And then made off with both of their cars and their ring in the middle of the night where oh, they, they were at home sleeping with their baby. Oh, oh God, I don't they like it. Re- they wrecked the that. cars. Like they found both of the cars just wrecked. They just joyrided, joy rode with the cars. What but, the oh. fuck? And the ring so, probably wasn't insured yet. I mean, maybe it was, but like I don't if think it was, it was. that new. Like yeah. it's everything, everything that could have gone wrong outside of people getting hurt. Yeah. Like, went wrong. That's so (laughs) sad. And my cameras didn't pick up anything, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Classic. I know. Okay, so anyway, whether or not these, like, home security systems were, I mean, what's working, really? It gives you peace of mind. And if something does happen. It does, it's not going to prevent a crime necessarily it could possibly deter someone and it could possibly give you more information and it could definitely tell you when the ups guy needs a signature and you're upstairs in your pajamas and you don't actually want to go down yeah i only use it to confirm that my food delivery has arrived Uh that's the only thing i use it for when our friend was house sitting for us while we were gone i also used it to warn him that the UPS man was leaving with my wink order and he needed to run after him. <laughs> and then I watched my friend, Aaron, if you're watching, if you're Accost. listening, I watched him run outside to catch that the wine. UPS guy to give his ID and get that wine. I was like, do not <laughs> let them leave. <laughs> like screaming at him through the doorbell. Thanks, Aaron. <laughs> Treat yourself to a battle. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You can have whatever you want, but (laughs) only if you fucking sign for it. (laughs) That's incredible. Yeah. Those ring doorbells, you can set the ring to like a lot of different noises. Mm -hmm. Ours is still set to turkey gobbles. (laughs) (laughs) I need to change mine. I'm going into my app right now. (laughs) It's so obnoxious. I need the gobbles. (laughs) Okay. Need them. So just briefly, I thought this was interesting. There are several different types of CCTV surveillance cameras. So I'll just go through a a list of some of them. This is from caughtoncamera.net. And there are pictures on the drive of all of these different types to help help you visualize. So we have a dome camera. This type is most commonly used for indoor and outdoor security and surveillance. The shape of the camera makes it difficult for onlookers to tell which way the camera is facing which is a strong piece of design, deterring criminals by creating an air of uncertainty. Mm. Other benefits of this type include ease of installation, infrared night vision, and vandal-resistant features. Ooh, Mm. how lickable is your video doorbell? Exactly. (laughs) We had a fake camera mounted up in our backyard in South Africa. So clever. And it had like a battery pack in it, so it had... A light. So it really looked pretty real. Didn't do anything. It was just a piece of plastic. (laughs) Well, we'll get to the determent because it remains to be seen how well shit like that actually works. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, then we have a bullet camera. Bullet cameras are long and cylindrical in shape and are ideal for outdoor use. And Their also strength clitoral stimulation. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And ideal indoor for indoor use. and outdoor. <laughs> <laughs> Barn door and back door. <laughs> <laughs> Upstairs and downstairs. <laughs> How long can we stretch this joke? Yeah, out? let's well. be done. Okay. <laughs> Their strengths lie specifically it. in applications which require long distance viewing, so they can get like they can see a long way. Enhance. Exact. <laughs> they can enhance. <laughs> They're, they're compact, they have the infrared night vision, and they feature high-quality image resolution. Then we have a C-mount camera. And basically, these are cool because they you can interchange the lenses. So as technology improves, they, they come up with different lenses. So you can just stick that right on this camera oh, without nice. buying, like, a new camera. That's nice. So, like, a standard CCTV lens can only cover between 35 and 40 feet. And this one can cover beyond that. Mm-hmm. This type of camera is bulky, which may its, itself act as a deterrent, but like probably not. Mm-hmm. Then we have a day-night camera. These are capable of operating in both normal and poorly lit environments. Mm-hmm. They benefit from not requiring infrared illuminators because they can capture clear video images in the dark thanks to their extra sensitive imaging chips. So so for these reasons, these cameras are ideal for outdoor surveillance application in which infrared cameras are unable to function optimally. We'll get to infrared. Infrared is actually kind of fucked up in a lot of ways. Okay. And now that cameras are getting better and better, there are cameras that can literally like see through clothing and see through walls, see through cars. That freaks me out. No. Well, that's what they, that, I mean, isn't that what the, at the airport yeah, so... Oh, yeah, that thing... Sir, your pants. Sir, yeah. your pants, exactly. <laughs> okay, So it's yeah. not like, ooh, let's look at his balls. It's like, <laughs> no, well, but you can see well, through your clothes mm-hmm. in a public space that's fucked up. It's yeah. weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lastly, we have PTZ cameras, and that stands for Pan Tilt Zoom. So they allow the camera to be moved left, right, up and down, which is tilting and panning. And zooming. So these are used in situations where a live guard or specialist is present to operate the security system. This mm-hmm. type of camera offers very high quality image resolution and zooming capabilities, making it optimal for situations that require a lot of surveillance like airports. Mm-hmm. As of 2016, there are about <laughs> 350 million surveillance cameras worldwide. About, six, about 65% of these cameras are in Asia. Mm. I bet since 26, like, I don't know when Ring started, but, like, it feels like around that time. Mm. Yeah, maybe. I bet that number has gone up so much. I mean, think about how many people have just, like, basic home surveillance Ring doorbells now. I'm in that, I have the Ring, like, neighborhood app. Yeah. And tons of people in my neighborhood are on that and, like, share footage all the time. Yeah. Mm. I bet that number has, like, doubled. I wouldn't be surprised if you were right about that. Well, so I looked for stats about surveillance cameras, and mm-hmm. they're actually really difficult to track down. Mm-hmm. So what I have in here is kind of the most recent and the most accurate numbers that I could find. But yeah, it's it's strangely difficult to figure out how many. And I'm wondering if that fall if that's because it falls into different categories, like 
Private um, and public and private public c- civilian surveillance, like our ring doorbells. Does that really count as like? Right. Yeah, I don't know. So the growth of CCTV has been slowing in recent years. In 2018, China was reported to have a huge surveillance network of over 170 million CCTV cameras with 400 million new cameras expected to be installed in the next three years, many of which use facial recognition technology. That is frightening. Well, we'll come back to China. Yeah. And like when we were there in 2009, 2010... Or no, 2010, 2011, whatever, whatever. It didn't feel like... I never felt very big brother-y when we were there, but we were also in like the middle of nowhere, not in a major city and, you know, not of any importance. Mm-hmm. So I think they were monitoring us in a lot of other ways. They were, they were definitely reading our emails, mm-hmm. turns out. And listening to our Skype calls. Yeah. But besides that, I didn't feel. <laughs> I just we feel were like <laughs> we were shui surveilled in China. Whoever's <laughs> listening in on my Skype calls or reading my emails is really just listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Like I have no secrets mm-hmm. and my emails are really boring. My personal account is only spam. I know. I can't remember the last time I sent a personal email no probably well, when, China. We were, when we were there that's the main our main method of true communication. yeah you would right. check in with us but right. still i do remember one time i was listening to the radio or it must have been a some sort of radio app and it was a french music station that was like a live stream from you know whatever paris radio and they said something about the at that time it was like the Jasmine the, uprising. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, we and, all got shut down because that we were there like the week that that shit popped off. Yeah, and so we were talking to people about it, like people from home, and right. our internet got shut down for just our <laughs> half of the apartment building, <laughs> just a little bit for a month. Oh, wow. yeah, yeah. Who and I, our liaison blamed it on the earthquakes in Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was never able to listen to that radio app ever again after that it just like never worked wouldn't load Mm -hmm. nothing Mm -hmm. so never mind i take back what i said we were shway surveilled (laughs) it's wild yeah but like cameras i don't know i didn't i didn't notice any cameras necessarily it was more like and they have a lot more like people Mm-hmm. spies yes. like student yes. spies yes i remember a, a student of mine told me once after class and he was like such a sweet little not out of the closet gay boy and he used learning english to like express himself and like fulfill himself i think mm-hmm. sort of like he was very drawn to like western culture i think because he couldn't come out hmm. are you and talking about michael jackson i am oh his English and name was Michael Jackson. His English name was Michael Jackson. He of he was one of many, but mm-hmm. he was like the best. His English was a flowerless. And he came up to me after class one day and was like, teacher, you really cannot say what you said. And I was Cooch. like, <laughs> <laughs> I think you mentioned like Taiwan or something. No, I said something about how I had like 
protested the Beijing Olympics when I was in France and I oh, yeah. and I even framed it in a way that was like, you know, that was probably impulsive on my part because I didn't really understand any of the like issues. I just kind of got caught up in this wave of protesting. Now looking back on it, I should have protested more <laughs> because they're committing genocide against the Uyghurs, but whatever. Mm -hmm. So protest outside of China. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, I said something about that and he was like, you cannot say that. Like, you, do you know who you're talking to? <laughs> like, you're talking to the future party leaders. Like, shut your fucking mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you're right. You're right. Cool. Yeah. 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 China's scary in that, in that respect. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the United States, the Department of Homeland Security awards billions of dollars per year in Homeland Security grants for local, state, and federal agencies to install modern video surveillance equipment. For example, the city of Chicago recently used a $5.1 million Homeland Security grant to install an additional 250 surveillance cameras and connect them to a centralized monitoring center. That's important. We'll come back to it. Mm along with its pre-existing network of over 2,000 cameras in a program known as Operation Virtual Shield. Oh, God. Speaking in 2009, Chicago Mayor Richard Daley, at the time, obviously, announced that Chicago would have a surveillance camera on every street corner by the year 2016. I really hope that didn't happen. Don't need mm. to announce that, brah. <laughs> No. Your interests might not be aligning with your audiences. <laughs> yeah. New York City received a $350 million grant toward the development of the Domain Awareness System, which is an interconnected system of sensors, including 18,000 CCTV cameras used for continual surveillance of the city by both police officers and artificial intelligence systems. That's so fucking creepy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The development of centralized networks of CCTV cameras watching public areas linked to computer databases of people's pictures and identity, also known as biometric data, um, able to track people's movements throughout the city and identify whom they have been with has been argued by some to present a risk to civil liberties. No shit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just how effective CCTV systems are in preventing or solving crimes is up for debate slash they're not effective. This is well, from the surveillance. I mean, yes, but preventing like preventing and solving are so different. Yeah. And again, I looked for stats and data on how often they're used to solve crimes. And right. it's like I couldn't I couldn't find them. The data much. on any of this stuff is going to be. It's so wishy washy. Yeah. Like exactly. they're never going to we're never going to have access to the data about successful prevention. One, yep. because a lot of it is impossible to quantify. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And then in terms of like solving, I like I who, who sifts through all these cases and is like, oh, this piece of ev evidence solved this case. Mm -hmm. Like we just don't break it down like that. Right. I mean, sometimes we do, but I feel like when it's way more tangible, like DNA or yeah, like DNA, like verifiable like a crime can be solved that way. But like, right. I feel like surveillance footage is often an element of solving right. a crime, but not necessarily like exactly. the smoking gun. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot harder to quantify, like you said. We'll kind of get to that too in a little bit. 
This is from the Surveillance Studies Center, Centre, at Queen's... Centre. Centre. Cooch, at Queen's <laughs> University in Ontario. <laughs> Ontario. Ontario. Sorry, Ontario Sarah. Cooch. <laughs> Sit on my cooch. So stupid. Stop it. Okay. <laughs> my overstuffed cooch. My pull-out cooch. <laughs> my pull-out cooch. Tufted cooch. Tufted cooch. <laughs> I Find blessed. a quarter in those cushions, I'll give you a prize. <laughs> oh, whoa. Oh. <laughs> I'm never going to dig for coins in my couch ever again without getting aroused, that is. I'm so glad I have my Bissell vacuum for my cooch now. My, my cordless Bissell. The suction is amazing. That suction. <laughs> Right in between those folds. Oh. <laughs> Suck at all the dust. <laughs> Cobwebs. Oh, is it a wet dry bag? <laughs> Does oh, it steam? No, <laughs> <laughs> no okay. and no. I I <laughs> okay. Quote A major argument in, in favor, Fevior. Of implementing camera surveillance is its assumed deterrent effect. Despite claims by police, private security, and camera technology companies, deterrence has not been proven. Current evidence thus suggests that cameras typically fail to deter activities that people fear most, like bombings and beatings, and are useful only in prosecution if footage can establish guilt. There you go. Right, right. If those who desire camera surveillance in particular areas cannot generate a specific rationale for use, cameras are not the greatest option because at best they will provide mixed results and at worst they will have little to no impact. Yeah, I just feel like, I don't know, like everything, it's nuanced and it, you know, how much it contributes to safety has to be balanced with how much it harms civil liberties and Mm -hmm smarter people than us have to fucking weigh that constantly and they're not always going to get it right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So while there are strong arguments for permitting surveillance in high profile public areas such as the U.S. Capitol because that did a lot of good. (laughs) There is also the (laughs) Okay, well another thing to consider is that everybody has a goddamn camera in their pocket. Yeah. So it it wasn't the surveillance cameras from the Capitol that that got all those people arrested. It was fucking cell phones. And selfies. Yes. And those cameras are are like higher resolution a lot of the time anyway. Yeah, You're right down in the the crowd. Yeah, you're closer and just the quality of the camera is, is like fucking iPhones like all shooting 4K HD now. I do remember though like living in Boston during the marathon bombing and then when they released the footage of the suspects you know placing the bomb and then walking through the crowds and whatever and then asked for like citizens help in identifying the suspects I remember like I mean obviously I was having some kind of like traumatic moment going Mm. through but like going through that footage with friends and like being like okay what kind of like baseball cap is this kid wearing like Mm -hmm. okay search like where they could have gotten that type of like lacoste shirt or whatever Mm -hmm. so i think that yeah obviously like some public building security cameras do probably help solve some crimes or at least like 
aid in that prosecution of right. being like, we know for a fact you were there at this time. Right. If any, if nothing else, it can help build that case as another piece of strong evidence. I'm right. not at all arguing that we should not have security cameras. No, of course that not. is not what I'm arguing. Right. No, right. I right, guess right. I guess a part it's of a this fine line. A part right. of this is saying that technology progresses so quickly nowadays that like maybe our best bet at preventing well, if not preventing crime, then solving crime is using the phone in your pocket if you're mm-hmm. seeing something, which, by the way, is called surveillance instead of surveillance. Interesting. Mm. Like French, sur and sous. Sous vide. And it's also helping solve or at least like bring attention to, you know, acts of violence against civilians by people in authority. Yeah. Oh, wow. Is that not a timely topic or what? Mm-hmm. Oh. So, yeah, it's just... I, I am not arguing one way or another, but I think as we will get to this impulse to have cameras fucking everywhere as a matter of safety and protection is ludicrous. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Too much reliance on them for sure. Yep. Okay. So here we go. The impulse to blanket all public and private spaces with video surveillance exists and that may not be a great idea for several reasons not the least of which is a bunch of hacking that has taken place in recent years Mm. so this is an article from this just last month from the aclu regarding a hack of a surveillance camera company called vercada i did watch a dr phil episode recently about people you know what we'll get to it i'm gonna get through this first (laughs) so when you hook up a camera to the internet you are making it vulnerable and you are making the privacy of anybody recorded by that camera vulnerable. We have previously warned people who are considering buying a doorbell camera or other internet-connected camera for their home or other kinds of the Internet of Things devices, meaning, like, when everything in your house is connected to the fucking Internet from, like, yeah. your dishwasher I mean, or your whatever. Fridge, there yeah. are reports yeah, of people hacking into people's, like, Google Nest to, like, fuck with their air conditioning and shit. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. anything that's connected to the Internet is hackable. Is mm-hmm. vulnerable, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're susceptible to hackers. In this case, the hackers reported that they were able to watch video showing such things as a man struggling with staffers inside a psychiatric hospital, Mm. a man being interrogated in a police station, patients in a hospital intensive care unit, and a family doing a puzzle inside their home. And these videos were both live and retrieved from the cloud. So it's like all of the video that has been obtained. Thank you for reminding me to return my post-it in its place of honor over my computer camera. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Internet-connected devices are vulnerable to three broad categories of privacy invasion. Hackers, the government, Mm -hmm. and the companies that make these devices. Mm -hmm. So we don't We don't know of any government intrusion here, though any collection of sensitive data is vulnerable to domestic or foreign governments through legal or other processes. But this breach is certainly a reminder of that third vulnerability. Apparently, lots of security camera companies like Verkada and Ring have this concept of the super admin capabilities, which Mm -hmm. gives certain people within the company access to any device worldwide. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah. Anybody in that company could have like a, an access code and they could they could watch what's happening on my uh, porch right now. 
Yeah, not anybody in that company, but somebody in that company. Well, anybody with the super admin capabilities, anybody with that the access level. Mm. Right. Like it could be anyone. It anybody. could be anybody. Not they, that. Don't, they don't have to tell you who has access to that. Right. Right. So by providing a I window. I want that job. Oh, God. I'm switching but, careers so I could be a professional virtual peeping Tom. Well, we were upset about the, the Edward Snowden NSA shit. It's the mm-hmm. same thing. Mm-hmm. It is, except, you know, of course, nobody reads the fine print when, like, buying this product and signing away well, whatever yeah. We sign away. Yeah. Yeah. But exactly. That's like, that's the only difference. Whereas the NSA shit was, like, not consensual. It's hard, it's hard to, like, think back on that time because now mm-hmm. we just take it for granted that, like, the government is listening to us all the time. Mm-hmm. But back then, that was a big truth bomb that mm-hmm. was like, what? And now I think everybody's like, well, yeah, of course, duh. Yeah, every time I log on, on to whatever and a targeted ad pops up, I'm like, oh, right. Right. You're always listening. That's why you're recommending rubber nipples because I made that one joke about rubber nipples uh-huh. that one time. Stop saying that word. I'm going to start nipples. getting them. Stop it. <laughs> Kenyon learning yeah. Gaelic yes. and texting us about the Gaelic <laughs> triggered ads for me on Instagram to In go Gaelic? on a trip to Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I sent it to her in DM, and I was like, your fucking Gaelic messages oh my are God. now fucking yeah. with my targeted ads. That's because Ha'alaba Scotland. Oh, no. Scotland is so lovely. <laughs> I mean, it is. And oh. I am so glad this, this incredible, like, trip by train through Scotland is being recommended to me. But yeah. it just cracked me up. Rubber nipples. I kind of want to go to Scotland now. <laughs> Alexa, search rubber, rubber nipples. nipples. <laughs> Alexa, refresh my cocktail. <laughs> By providing a window into video surveillance systems across a wide range of institutions, the Verkata hack reveals how some of those institutions deploy cameras in inappropriate or unethical ways. Videos viewed by Bloomberg showed that in one Alabama jail... Cameras were hidden, Mm. so fucked, hidden inside vents, thermostats, and defibrillators and tracked both incarcerated individuals and correctional staff using facial recognition. Mm -hmm. If a jail could do that, presumably so could any of the company's clients who choose to do so. Among the services that Verkata offers are face recognition and other video analytics, including people and car detection as well as intelligent search functions that allow for, quote, search and filter based on many different attributes, including gender traits, clothing color, and even a person's face. And I would assume that implies race. Oh, yeah. And there's very strong evidence that, like, facial recognition is super racist. racist it's like yeah. in the ai yeah yeah, yeah. The, the shit is garbage like when it was developed it was yeah. made harder to it made itself you know less able to differentiate yes, it faces of color that basically yeah all non-white faces look the same and so yeah. there is so much yeah. incorrect finger pointing at, at suspects of color that were not even in that area at the time. Yeah. And it's because it's of so AI. It's so infuriating. It's not, yeah, it's really fucked up. 
Well, AI, all it is is, you know, algorithms, whatever it's that is. It's code that people wrote. Exactly. It's so still subject it can to be human racist. error. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. If so you are not means- culturally competent enough to create the code, don't make the code. Mm-hmm. Or don't assume that any robot or any computer technology is culturally competent, right. period. Mm-hmm. That's absurd. It's so absurd. Okay, so this means that video analytics can let computers not just store video, but understand, analyze, and intelligently search it. That is making video a more powerful and intrusive surveillance mechanism, but it could also make video a more valuable asset for hackers. If face recognition or other characteristics are pre-computed, for example, the video archive could become more manageable to an attacker looking for a specific target. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I obviously did not heed this advice, but I... <laughs> but... But... <laughs> tell them what you did. <laughs> Back in like 2005, I guess, was when we got our Facebooks. Yeah. 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 I know someone who at the time was working for the CIA and told me like like warned me basically was like don't put any photos of yourself on Facebook not and I was like yeah no I know like no photos of drinking and whatever like blah blah blah, in case I run for office someday I had several photos of myself sitting on a toilet oh yeah oh yeah I posted photos of your underwear like showing (laughs) on Facebook so I obviously was an idiot and didn't heed any of this advice my Fucking brain was not fully formed yet. But back in 2005, he was like, do he was like, no, 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 no. I mean, any photos of yourself, including your like of your face, do not put on there because because and like wouldn't (laughs) say else (laughs) like why. And that was before facial recognition software was like widely known about. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They knew it was coming. Yeah, I think. Yeah, there was probably like a. People in certain positions who have to think that way can probably see the the several steps ahead in ways that laymen like us just mm-hmm. can't. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure so yeah. many like higher level government operatives or just techie people saw something like social media coming and then they were like, oh, fuck. Like yeah. they could see it's like a doomsday device. Right. They could see it way before. And I was like, yes, my space. Here we go. Here <laughs> are my tips. Type everything about myself. Everything. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like the government does not need to spy on me. I have willingly offered up yeah. everything there is to know about me as a person. I know. The mm-hmm. only thing I haven't put out publicly is my social security number, and I've probably been hacked. So someone has it. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, it's real. It takes a very smart person to be able to predict the trajectory of technology, mm-hmm. like ugh. like David Bowie. Mm-hmm. Well, Maybe even as we're talking, as we just said, Edward Snowden. Mm-hmm. Like we were so irate about that, and now we're just like, eh, put yeah, a, put a post-it note over your well, laptop. Now it's You're like, fine. <laughs> yeah, now it's like a joke. Now it's like, hi, my personalized NSA listener. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I like to think mine's name is Megan. Oh. Not, Hi, Megan. Not Megan. Megan. Mm. Her name's Cooch. <laughs> it's it's Sarah. <laughs> she splits her time but between the three of us. Sarah Sarah, we've you've been made. <laughs> I just also like 
if you think about the scale of that kind of surveillance, it's so unlikely that you're actually being surveilled that closely. Well, if this goes down to like, there's no way to permanently, currently, right, permanently store all of that exactly useless data. Mm-hmm. Like you're basically just building the world's biggest haystack in the right. event that there might be a needle somewhere. It would be useless. It. It's mostly used as targeted, like if right. there's already a trail to someone and they right. want to surveil you for additional intel. Right. That but like the way that these algorithms and stuff are fucking playing you right now is to is capitalism. It's to get you to buy shit, mostly. Oh, for sure. And I personally don't mind targeted ads because I love it. At least I'm Otherwise, not getting ads I, for shit I don't care about. How would I? How would I book that trip? <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get ads either way. It might as well yeah. be ads that I would be interested in. A thousand. We're percent. gonna have three plane tickets to Scotland <laughs> by the end of this episode. I agree, <laughs> and I, I hope, hope so. so. I'd be so happy. <laughs> Me too. Hani es viren. I am excited. Jesus yeah. Christ. Okay, my segment's <laughs> over. Let's move on. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. There's that cold hand of Lucy's mother <laughs> mothering. I was wondering where I'm she'd done. gone. Let's hear Next. quick let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. Speaking of capitalism, I feel like lately we've always been right on that capitalism <laughs> rant train, right into the sponsor's targeted ads. If the shoe fits. <laughs> and then we'll move on to my segment, which is entirely in Gallic. Great. Oh my god. <laughs> Gallic bread. So hungry. Did you know that a simple finger prick can unlock tons of insight into your reproductive health? I'm talking egg count, menopause timing. Hi, I would love to know when that's expected to happen. Any day now. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'd be fine if it happened yesterday, but it'd be good to know. (laughs) If your hormone levels indicate conditions like thyroid disorders or PCOS... All things that are good to know, whether or not kids are in your future. Hi, I love this. Tell us more. You know what? Science is beautiful and the future is now. Mm-hmm. And modern fertility gets it. Mm-hmm. Modern fertility is the easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. You mail it in with their prepaid label and you'll get your personalized results within 10 days. It's lightning fast. Yeah, that's incredible. And traditional testing with your doctor can cost so much money, like over $1,000. No. No. So in comparison, Modern Fertility only costs $159 to get the same info. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash gals, you get 20 bucks off your test. That's $139. I'm obsessed. And if you have an HSA or an FSA, you can use that money on Modern Fertility, which to me feels like free money. It's free money. It's free health money. Yeah. And like aside from the eggs and the hormone levels and the things having to do with getting pregnant, it's mm-hmm. health is health, people. Yeah. It's really nice to know what's going on down there. So the if you- thyroid stuff and PCOS stuff is really important, whether or not you're having kids. It really, really is. Yeah. Uh, so also the results go really in depth. I think they're they're fairly easy to understand on their own. But if you have further questions, you can talk one on one with a fertility nurse and they can just like, you know, explain it in more layman's terms or, you know, mm-hmm. answer any specific questions that you have. So like Amanda said, 
whether or not you want kids, whether you want kids today or just someday in the future, or you just don't want them at all and you just Mm -hmm. need to know what's going on downstairs, Mm -hmm. you need that information to make decisions that are best for you. Knowledge is power, people. Yes. Get on it. Yes, get that knowledge. And right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners 20 bucks off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash gals, G-A-L-S. Like Lucy mentioned, that means your test will cost $139 instead of hundreds or thousands that it could cost you at a doctor's office. So get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash gals. One more time, that's modernfertility.com slash gals. And treat your knowledge. Treat it. If you've listened to our show before, you have absolutely heard us talking about Framebridge. Uh, you've seen it uh, if you're a patron. You've <laughs> seen it behind all of our heads. <laughs> Amanda's a big old fan of Framebridge. Yeah. So you already know that they make it super easy and affordable to frame your favorite things from art prints and posters to those travel photos just sitting on your phone. But did you also know that Framebridge makes the perfect gift? And you know who deserves something special? Moms. Mm-hmm. A sweater just ain't going to cut it this year. So no. give her something personal, something unique, something joyful, and have it delivered straight to her door. In fact, select gifts ship next day. So like I mean, way fast. You can procrastinate. Yes. <laughs> and will. <laughs> God bless Framebridge. Here is a quick reminder of how it works. You just go to framebridge.com and upload your photo. Everybody has photos that you're like storing on your phone because you think, I don't want to get rid of this. One day I might use it for something. Today is that day. Use it on Framebridge. It's amazing. Uh, Then you preview your item online in dozens of frame styles. You choose your favorite or you can select one of their best-selling designs. Framebridge has experts to custom frame your item and deliver your gift directly to you, or to mom's door, to a stranger, whoever you want to send it to. I love those expert, those expert designers. Yes, they're so helpful. And it can be really overwhelming to pick a frame and then to have somebody who's like, listen, step aside. This is my job. Mm-hmm. I got you. Instead of the hundreds that you'd pay at a framing store, their prices start at $39 and all shipping is free. Plus, our listeners get 15% off their first order at framebridge.com when they use our code GALS. Seriously, this could not be easier. I am a gallery wall gal, okay? <laughs> My yeah, you are. whole vibe is cluttercore, <laughs> but like with a purpose. Yeah, attractive, so aesthetically lo- pleasing cluttercore. Yes, and so Framebridge is awesome because you can like map out, you know, how a gallery wall is going to look like using this app. It's incredible. And I have so many photos on my phone that I'm like worried to get rid of because I'm gonna have a manic episode and need them someday. And now I can just upload them onto Framebridge and they come to me framed and ready to hang and they're gorgeous. I have a whole list of photos that I wanna give my mom for Mother's Day this year because my mom is such a sap for like framed like memories. Yeah. Uh, I love making her cry. So Mm -hmm. this Mother's Day, she's gonna be a big ball of tears. Make your mom cry this Mother's Day, (laughs) but in a good way. In a good way. So get started today. Frame your photos or send mom the perfect gift. Go to framebridge.com and use promo code GALS to save an additional 15% off your first order. Just go to framebridge.com, use that promo code GALS one more time, framebridge.com, promo code GALS, and make your mom cry. Make her cry.
I went down the private company constantly surveilling every inch of the globe. Yes, Zuck. Route. <laughs> not not Zuck. Not Zuck. Wow. Uh, I don't actually even know yes, who runs Zuck. Google. Yes, Zuck. <laughs> who runs, who's in charge of Google? They've kept their shit very private. Uh, I, like I have no idea. Over at some point. Let me, I'll Google it. <laughs> I get Google it. Google CEO, right? That'd be the person in charge, right? right? There's got to be one. Sundar oh, Pachai. All right. So, I used to have a eye patch. Um. Okay. So. <laughs> Good lord. So, oh my God. Google Earth first launched in 2001 and has become. Inc- continuously more comprehensive in the years since and given people a new twist on an age-old hobby being busybodies. I remember (laughs) Mm -hmm. being in my dad's like office at home on like our gateway 2000 Mm -hmm. trying out Google Earth for the first time where it like showed you the whole globe and it was like spinning. Oh, yeah. Oh, you could ah. zoom in on something. It was so cool. And there yeah. was still so like cool. huge swaths of earth that were just blurred nothingness at yeah. that point. We must yeah. never go there. <laughs> yeah. That shadowy place. Yeah. That's and the AT&T Paul. covers. <laughs> Sprint <Yeah>. land. Sprint. <laughs> that shadowy um, place over there. <laughs> That's Sprint territory. And Street View, remember, like, discovering mm-hmm. Street View for the first time? That was oh, wild. That was so cool. Mm-hmm. We sound it took ancient. so long to load. <laughs> we are 33. We sound yeah. so old. Anyway. I remember where I was when Google Earth first came about. So by this time, people, you know, like us, regular old busybodies, are looking up satellite images of their own homes, their neighbors' homes, just like, being curious, poking around. Mm-hmm. And this hobby has led to many strange and surprising discoveries. One fine day in 2019, Floridaman Barry Fay. Oh, I love a Floridaman. <laughs> Barry Damien Fay. No. Who, <laughs> who lives in the Grand Isles neighborhood uh, near Palm Beach, received a strange text from his neighbor it was a screenshot of a zoomed-in gurgle. Gur- <laughs> <laughs> I've had one glass of wine. It, uh, it'll hit you. It, it just, it is hitting me. I haven't had much to drink this week. This week. <laughs> this I haven't had much to drink this hour. <laughs> it was a screenshot of a zoomed-in Google Earth image of what appeared to be a car submerged in water. Uh-oh. When Michael Faye, Scott. Yes, exactly. It said to turn left. <laughs> I would totally do that. When Faye asked what the image was and where it had been taken, his neighbor responded that it was taken behind his house. She'd been looking at the land behind their homes on Google Earth and had spotted the car from discoloration in the water. Awkward. Faye walked down to the large pond behind his house to investigate, but it was impossible to see anything from the shoreline. Only the bird's eye view provided by Google Earth revealed what was hidden beneath the surface of the waves. What lies beneath? (laughs) Exactly. 
<laughs> there weren't really waves. It was like a small pond, but whatever. <laughs> I <laughs> prefer, maybe maybe, maybe yeah. if the wind kicked up enough, who knows? So, Kaihogulach, <laughs> it is so windy. Okay. You are too much. <laughs> and yet not enough. So, Faven. Oh, I'd argue <laughs> enough. I'd argue enough. Um, <laughs> don't 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 undersell. I you know know your value. <laughs> my voice has never been that high in my life. That was my genuine noise because of my stuffed up face. <laughs> All the dogs are just screaming. Okay, so then called up a different neighbor who he knew owned a drone. That's a whole nother area of surveillance, like private uh, surveillance that we didn't even Bill get into yet. Bill loves his drone. Yeah. Well, he uses it for like filmmaking and stuff. I mean, I guess. He also just flies it for fun, like over our house. But I always try to get him to <laughs> look in the neighbor's guy. windows and he won't do it. He's a dad. <laughs> He's such a dad. Like, oh, was- got, got to go outside. There's a good sunset. Got to get the drone ready. (laughs) Jesus Christ, look in someone's window for fuck's sake. What is the point of having this? There was definitely like an 18 month period where every single possible holiday, like every hetero cis man received mm-hmm. a drone for from the, like their loved ones who didn't know what the oh, fuck yeah. else to get I them. I almost Bill's, got one for my dad. Yeah, Bill's <laughs> yeah. previous drone was a drone he and his brothers got for his dad that his dad didn't mm-hmm. use, so Bill just took it back and then sold it to get this new better drone. Right. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I'm sure I will get my father-in-law a drone that he will never use at some I point. I don't know. I think Kenny would have a lot of fun with a drone on the farm. Mm. Only the if you can use is, it to clean. The problem is... You can. We use it to check our roof all oh, the time. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. now you're talking. I feel like dads like in of this generation, mm-hmm. they just don't have the patience to set up and like sync it with their phones and like, mm-hmm. you know. Well, the that. nice thing is these newer drones, two minutes. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm t- I am mean, we have one, so Maybe. I can confirm that that's true. Well, my dad told me that it'll take two minutes to finish mudding my ceiling where the yeah, tapes came off. Your dad telling you it'll take two minutes to mud your ceiling and me telling you it'll take two minutes to set up a drone that we actually have are two completely <laughs> different things. Maybe. Mm, okay. Actually. Back to Faye. <laughs> so... The, he calls the neighbor with a drone to come over, help investigate. And the neighbor was like, of course, I just got this for Father's Day yep. from Any the kids. Any chance to use the drone. I was so happy it wasn't a tie that I actually took the two minutes to set it up. <laughs> so. <laughs> Not another growler from my local brewery. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't store them anymore. so sure enough the bird's eye view of the drone captured exactly what google earth had though this time in even better detail because they were able to get closer and probably had higher resolution yes so there was a white sedan submerged just under the surface of the water and Faye called the city to report the car and a crew came and showed up that afternoon to haul it out 
Initially, Faye did not think much of the whole event. He just assumed that it was just a junked car that had somehow ended up in the water. And is this like his pond or like a neighborhood pond? I feel like it's a sort of neighborhood pond that's in like like a bunch of properties are up against it. Okay. That's what I'm picturing. Yeah, sort of like the pond in my old neighborhood in high school. That's exactly what I'm picturing, but in Florida. Like a man made, strictly aesthetic, like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Didn't go overboard, didn't put forth any more effort than absolutely necessary yes. pond. The only difference would be that it it is next to a road. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he never s- suspected that a body would be found inside the car. I suspected. But that is exactly what happened. The municipal yes. workers removing the car quickly realized that there were skeletal remains in <gasps> the driver's seat. Ooh. Oh, so she'd been down there a while. Oh, yeah. About a week later, DNA testing revealed that the remains belonged to a 40-year-old man named William Moult, who had been missing for 22 years. Holy shit. Oh, my God. And whose disappearance had long been classified a cold case. Oh, wow. I mean, God bless this nosy neighbor. Right? Yeah. For bringing some clarity to this family. So Moult had gone missing on the evening of November 7th, 1997. He had been out at a strip club with some friends that night and had called his girlfriend around 9.30 p.m. to tell her he would be heading home soon. No deets on whether or not he told her that he had been at the strip club. I don't know. He was last seen leaving the club around 11 p.m. and getting into his white 1994 Saturn sedan. And Like, incidentally, there is an abandoned white Saturn sedan, like, from this period Mm. in an alleyway near my house that we see when we walk the dog. And I used to drive a Saturn sedan. They're very reliable vehicles. Mine was maroon, though. I have so many questions. It is just sitting in somebody's back driveway covered in leaves and it's, like, clearly has not been moved in years. No rush. Why is it there? I don't know. Anyway. Why is it there? (laughs) So he leaves the club. Lots of witnesses see him leaving the club. But Molt never made it home that night. He had... I know. He had been drinking. uh, But witnesses claim that he didn't at any point appear intoxicated. And given his physical size and stature... So he was like six feet tall and 225 pounds. Mm-hmm. He reasonably could have had a few drinks and still not be over the legal limit to drive. But we don't know, obviously, if yeah. he was over the legal limit. Because... Hard to run a toxicology on a skeleton. Right. Exactly. So the pond behind Faye's house where William Moult had somehow ended up that night was sort of an elongated teardrop shape with houses on two sides and then a mm. road on one side with a guardrail separating it from the water. But the guardrail and the houses were more recent additions. So none of that was there 22 <gasps> years ago when William Moult went missing and went into oh. the pond. Yes. So at that time, it had simply been a dark, deserted stretch of road alongside an unmarked pond. It's unclear how well Moult knew the area he was driving in, but if he hadn't ever driven on that road before, or if he'd only driven on it during the day, he might not have even known he was driving near water. 
Oh, for sure. You know, I mean, like not paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. How many times have I driven around my own neighborhood and I'm just like on autopilot and mm-hmm. I am not paying attention to my surroundings? Mm-hmm. Why would you? Mm-hmm. I mean, not any more than I have to to be able to drive. Right. So I'm just, not here to mark ponds in my mental inventory. I'm not right. going to take notes. No. Mm-hmm. So for whatever reason, like maybe he was sleepy, maybe he was intoxicated or it just a little bit buzz like buzz driving is still not safe oh no it's still drunk driving as the as the uh billboards say right mm-hmm. exactly like i don't truck with any of that or there's a slim possibility he intentionally drove off the road i guess i don't really see that considering that he was telling his girlfriend he was on his way home i don't mm-hmm. know he had apparently driven into the water and with no one else on the road to witness the incident late at night He had simply disappeared without a trace. But they don't suspect foul play. They think this was just an accident. Correct. Yes. So a year after William's disappearance, construction began on the homes near the pond, and the guardrail was then added for additional safety after that. Oh, my God. So that probably even further, like... Hid the hidden. pond from view. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but people, can, it's not like it's a hidden pond. It's just, it's just a pond. And when you're standing on the edge of it, looking in, you can't see anything, and there's right. no reason to swim in it because it's not a well, lake. Right. Yeah. And there were no, there was no like dented or damaged guardrail indicating that a car had gone in. So there was mm-hmm. just no reason to ever search that particular wow. pond. So. Weird as it may seem that Mold's car was able to remain at the bottom of the pond surrounded by houses for so many years without anyone noticing, his is not the only such case. I'm sure. I also wonder if because if he didn't tell his girlfriend that he was coming home from this strip club. She wouldn't know the route that he was on. Yeah. Because like if they knew the route, then Mm -hmm. they would probably check everywhere along that route. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But oh, that you know what? Mm -hmm. Risk of embarrassment be gone. Mm -hmm. Risk of your girlfriend yelling at you be gone. Mm -hmm. Just you know, share your location. Share your location with a bro, a trusted bro. Well, he had bros who knew that he was there, but also like if there weren't any signs of a car driving. In, or if the signs were so subtle that they weren't like obvious to passersby of like mm-hmm. tire marks or whatever, then I can see how this would absolutely happen. It's just oh, a yeah. fucking fluke. You're not yeah. going to spend resources and time, right, to drag every pond, right? Yeah, like that's dra- not cheap. Exactly, dredging a pond is expensive. Mm-hmm. If you have no possible i mean he could have taken any number of routes and in a capitalist society we do not value human life (laughs) hell word from our sponsors (laughs) (laughs) not yet i have a few more so one night in 2006 a 72 year old man named david lee niles crane Mm -hmm. (gasps) my lover (laughs) man lucy had a sex dream about niles from fraser it wasn't (laughs) david lee niles it was erotic it was mm. really erotic. It was he aging. Is, he's an excellent kisser. Wow. <laughs> so <laughs> Niles went missing from his hometown of Wyoming, Michigan. Confusing. <gasps> what? Two hate state that. names. Really hate that. Idaho Falls, Wisconsin. <laughs> really hate that. So Niles had two grown children that he was very close to and was well known and liked in his neighborhood, but... He'd been having a rough year. Uh Uh-oh. 
So he had recently been diagnosed with cancer. I don't know what kind and was struggling with depression. I don't know if the depression preceded the cancer diagnosis or if it was a result of it, but like that's going to throw anybody for a loop. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. On the night in question, he was out drinking with a friend at a bar named Jake's Pub where he was a regular. But according to his friend, Niles abruptly left the bar to go home that night without an explanation. He just like randomly stood up and walked out. Mm -hmm. Been there. Yep. Numerous people remembered seeing him leaving the bar and driving away. So like nothing happened at the bar, but he never made it home and no trace of his car was ever found. Mm. The case remained a mystery for nearly a decade, Woof. but Niles's family kept searching in vain for answers. Five years after his disappearance, they published a heartbreaking obituary in the local paper that read simply... Davy Lee Niles, age 72, of Wyoming, passed away, and only God knows the time and place. Oh, my, oh my God, God. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. Oh. Honestly, as someone who has experienced the sudden death of a loved one, a disappearance would be so much worse for me personally. I can't, yeah. I can't Could imagine. not handle it. I need the closure. I can get to the grief. Mm-hmm. And I could figure it out, but then not knowing. Yeah. Uh-uh. Oh, it would. No. no. Absolutely. It would tear I'd me be up. destroyed. I yeah. would never be the same. And I would never stop looking. And I would become completely obsessive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would lose everything in my life. Yep. So, well, Bill, if you're listening, just tell me where you're going mm-hmm. if you decide to leave. Then in the winter of 2015, a man named Brian Hausman was decorating a large Christmas tree, I believe on his property, using a cherry picker. From this elevated vantage, he spotted a large object under the water of a nearby pond, but he couldn't make out exactly what it was. So then... Get the drone. He went to Google Earth to further investigate and was able to zoom in on what was clearly a car in the pond. Wow. Oh my God. As he stated in a later interview, quote, all of a sudden it's like, whoa, there's a car out there. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine if suddenly, like if you had lived in your house on Tamarack and then people had drones and suddenly there was a fucking car with a dead body in it oh, in that I'd pond. be shocked but also I'm like really impressed that people are like oh I can't get a good view of this I'm gonna check on Google Earth because I would not have thought of that I've but granted this Earth. was in like 2015 so it was probably still like pretty cool and new but when, still when we were house hunting I used Google Earth street view all the time to like see what the house a lot of the houses that we were looking at had like been flipped oh for sure I, I definitely use it for that look like yeah but I wouldn't think of it for like I want to check out this pond. Right. Yeah, just your own personal sleuthing. J- yeah, I sleuthing. would not. Sleuthing. Sleuthing. Guten sleuth. <laughs> I would not have the wherewithal to be like, this is a viable mm-hmm. resource. So Hausman uh, called the police to report his discovery. And when the car was retrieved from the water, it contained skeletal remains that were identified as David Lee Niles. Wow. Unlike in the William Moult case, Niles' identity was known almost immediately because his wallet containing his ID was still in the car. Mm. But it was later confirmed as well with DNA testing. The exact details of how and why Niles ended up driving into the pond that night are still unknown although no foul play was suspected. So in Niles' case, it's possible that he 
wanted to die by suicide. I, mm. We don't know. Or it could have just been a horrible accident while simultaneously he was going through a, a rough patch. His family indicated to the press that they were just happy to have some sort of closure after so Ugh. many years. Poor baby. Yeah. Poor okay. Niles. Last one, and this one is not involving ponds. Well, then I'm not listening. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. yeah. So in ponds are bust. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> pond facts. I only want pond facts. <laughs> so in 2011, in a quiet suburban neighborhood in Oklahoma, Washington. O-K-L-A-H-O-M-A. <laughs> in Oklahoma, Missouri. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a woman's Ontario. <laughs> A woman's house was broken into in the middle of the day by two men who held her at gunpoint and terrorized her for over an hour as they ransacked her home. Jesus Christ. So I feel like they they threatened her at gunpoint and whatever. I don't know if they I don't think they physically attacked her at gunpoint. I'm sure they probably like restrained her. Mm hmm. But, like, how horrific in the middle of the day, too, which yeah. I feel like we never think about, but actually is very common. Yeah, it's, it's ugh, creepy. Grosses me out. Yeah. It's like the scene, I know that Fargo is like more of a comedy movie, but the scene when they break in and steal. Mm-hmm. Marge, is it Margie? No. Margie. No. no the other no. one. Oh, Margie's the cop. Right. Yeah. The wife. Jean. 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 Oh, Jean. Oh, she, they, uh, Jean. She's, oh, oh, geez. Oh, oh, geez. It's Jean. Or is Jean the father in law? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but Jean. either way. Whatever. None when of this they matters. break in in the yeah. middle of the day and she's yeah. just watching TV on yeah. the cooch with her socks. Yeah. <laughs> on the cooch. Freaks me out. Oh, it's <laughs> so freaky. With her socks. With her socks and the cooch. <laughs> so, in this instance, the victim survived and she. Went to the police after her attackers left. I, she must have somehow gotten herself free from the restraints. I don't have all the details. So she went to the police after the attackers left, reporting the details of her ordeal and gave a description of the two men who had not worn masks, which is even mm-hmm. scarier. Anti-masks or maskers. <laughs> yeah, it's in 2011. Hate it. But like you that, know the type. That would be very scary if they don't even yeah, bother to wear masks. The they're confidence. not going to leave any witnesses. Like, right. Well, they happened to, but yes, it, you'd fear that they would not. So although she did not reveal her name to the press, she gave several interviews about the terrifying home invasion. And in one, she included an odd detail about one of the burglars expressing remorse, even as he held her at gunpoint. So she recalls that he said, quote, or she recalls, quote, he actually sat at my dining room table and said, quote, I think my karma is going to catch up with me. And I just looked at him like, yeah, I don't like that. That's a very Fargo detail, I think. (sighs) However, after an initial investigation turned up no leads, the case was essentially dropped. Then, in 2014, one of the woman's friends happened to look up her house on Google Street View and noticed something odd. The image had two men in it who appeared to be walking away from her friend's house. She thought the men matched the description of the men who had broken into the friend's house, and so she screenshotted the image and sent it to the home invasion victim. 
The woman remembers, quote, the very next thing she texted me was a picture and it was a picture of the guys that robbed me standing in front of my house. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. Those are the guys that robbed me. And she said, I know they're on Google Maps. Oh, Oh, my my God. God. What are the chances? I mean, a million to one. That is absurd. Mm -hmm. I've only seen one Google like car. I don't think I've, I've ever never seen it. I've never. I don't seen know it. if I have. Mm-hmm. It's just a cute little compact car, just covered <gasps> in cameras. Right. It's mm-hmm. bizarre. So the woman reported the image to police, who used it to reopen the case and appeal to the public for information from anyone who recognized the two men in the Google Earth image. Now, of course. Complicating matters somewhat is the fact that the figures in the image have blurred faces, as do all Mm -hmm. images of people on Google Earth. Right. And I don't think that they were able to, like, somehow contact Google to, like, unblur the faces, you know? Mm, Yeah, I feel like, I mean, if police gave a shit about these kinds of crimes, I feel like that you probably could... Yeah. Petition for that information. If she was like the president mm-hmm. who had been attacked, I bet they would have unblurred those faces. But mm-hmm. it's a regular home yeah. robbery, so they did not. So recognizing the men would be more of a matter of like recognizing their outfits or like their approximate height or possibly their vehicle, although it doesn't sound like their vehicle was in the view. So it remains to be seen if that identification would even hold up in court, if it was even possible Like, if someone even did come forward to be like, that's them, because, like, you can't see their faces. But... I mean, even if it doesn't hold up in court, it can be a lead. Right, right. To further evidence. And it sounds like that is what the investigators are working from. So Mm -hmm. the most recent reporting on the case just mentions that the police are seeking tips based on that image. And it's just, like, a crazy coincidence that Google Earth captured these home invaders although they are still at large that is bonks mm-hmm. i really Yikes. hope this this footage or image capture like comes through and mm-hmm. gets some answers for this for this victim because that is fucking scary mm-hmm. yeah so Ugh. those are my cases my little short wow. dives with google earth so cool and actually there are like so many more cases this could be its own episode Ugh. Log it away mm-hmm. for the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The future the is now. It Put it in the cloud. Call suck. Call up suck. Call up suck. Better call suck. Better call suck. Better call suck. I wonder what he's doing. <laughs> he's a real suck up. Is he okay? Do I care? No. no. You're right. I don't. All right. Let's hear a quick <laughs> word from our sponsors. <laughs> Meundies believes that comfort is about more than what's touching your skin. It's also about feeling comfortable in your skin. And that's why MeUndies sources the softest, most comfortable fabrics imaginable. And their endless styles are available in sizes from XS to 4XL. So you can express yourself every day in new limited edition prints because what you wear on the outside should empower you from the inside. That's like the whole thing. It's the whole point, honestly. And yeah. I have completely transitioned over to a MeUndies gal. Uh, let me I've tell you. I've burned all my other panties. I actually recently cleaned out my underwear drawer and I was like, nope, nope, nope. Mm-hmm. Yes, MeUndies. Yes, MeUndies. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all I have now. It's amazing. Yep. So never run out of undies or worry about skipping laundry again with the Me Undies membership. We both have this. Yep. I 
love it. Each it's month, replenish your basics and build your collection with styles that are anything but basic. Styles that let you be the truest version of yourself right down to your core. Mm. And there's no pressure. You can always skip a month if you want to. Plus, enjoy discounted pricing, controlled shipping, and exclusive early access. Love your butt. Get that membership. It's the amazing. Membership is the best. Also, not to be TMI, but like they have this high rise underwear that I can't mm-hmm. get enough of. Yeah. Because she keeps everything in. I'm at that age where you know what? Maybe I just don't need to have like low rise anything no, ever again. It's all about full coverage. I'm right there with you. Holds you in, makes you feel snug. It is my, it's just a little bit of joy every single morning when I get dressed. Yup. And MeUndies has a great offer for our listeners. So for any first time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping. Hello. MeUndies also has their problem free philosophy. If you're not satisfied, Hakuna Matata. If you're not satisfied with any product for any reason, They'll refund or exchange it. No caveats. No questions. You don't like that print? Get it. Go swap it out. Yeah. You're good. So to get 15% off your first order and free shipping, go to MeUndies.com slash gals, G-A-L-S, one more time. That's MeUndies.com slash gals. Treat your bits. Treat them. Okay. I am really bad at doing my own nails. Okay. I'm bad at it. I like I can nail the left hand, but then my right hand is a mess because I'm right hand dominant. And every time I do my nails at home, they chip. Like, immediately, they chip, right? It's just the worst. So now I have the Olive and June Manny system. So I actually know how to do a DIY Manny that, like, looks legit. And the polish lasts seven days. At least. Yeah, it actually sticks around. It's not falling apart. 48 hours after I painted my nails. <laughs> it's the best. What a treat. And it's way yes. less expensive than going to get a manicure. Accurate. Yeah. So Amanda mentioned the Manny system, the Olive and June mm-hmm. Manny system. For one thing, they have everything you need. There's like a little, like a like a buffer thing where you can like, but it's like not, it's buffing. It's not filing. They also have a nail mm-hmm. filer. They also have a custom nail clipper. There's like cuticle oil, like fancy cuticle oil that you can use. Dry drops. The, yeah. the glossy like after polish. It's every single thing that you need to make your nails look absolutely floorless. And my favorite part about it is it comes with a little booklet that like teaches you what to do and what not to do to make mm-hmm. your mani last forever. For example... Don't put lotion on right before you paint your nails. Do not. No. Always remove use nail polish remover whether or not you actually have like other nail polish on. Yup. It's just amazing. I didn't know any of this. And if you follow the system, you're like gonna crush it. You're gonna crush it. It is not difficult once you know the rules to manicures. Mm-hmm. They also come with that little rubber poppy. It's a, it's a patented brush handle that just makes it super easy to paint with both your hands. So your dominant hand doesn't have to look like a five-year-old painted it anymore. Yep. It's incredible. It's also way more affordable than going to a salon. The Manny system with six polishes breaks down to about $2 per manicure. Whereas mm. you can spend 35 40 50 bucks on a manicure at a salon. Easily. Easily. Yeah. So it's my self-care moment. I love it. I always feel really proud that I did it myself. 
As I've said before, I don't have a dishwasher right now, so I'm always doing dishes by hand, and this stuff mm-hmm. lasts. It is yeah. mind-blowing. I'm obsessed with Olive and June. That's the thing for me. It's the chipping. It's it's the chipping for me, and Olive and June has completely changed my life. And now you, listener, I'm talking to you, can get 20% off your first Manny system with our code GALS. So listen, your new nail life is here. Like I said, get 20% off your first Manny system when you use promo code GALS, G-A-L-S, at oliveandjune.com. Because you know what? We're done. We're done with the expensive bad manicures. We're done with chipping. This is the new us now. Okay? Okay. Deal with it. Treat your nails. Treat them. You don't have to scroll down very far in your newsfeed these days to find a story about the restorative effects of collagen. Mm. Collagen. It sounds yeah. so fancy. So collagen is all the rage, but it's way more than just hype. You can get mm-hmm. the very best collagen on the market today from Ancient Nutrition. I'm so excited about this. So Ancient Nutrition has one goal, and that's to transform the health of every individual on the planet with history's most powerful superfoods. So whether you want to improve your body or sharpen your mind or just feel like your best self, Ancient Nutrition makes supplements that get real results that you can see and feel. So their best-selling multi-collagen protein powder includes five types of collagen. So it's the first and only collagen on the market with clinically studied ingredients proven to help reduce joint discomfort as early as day one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It also works to improve fine lines and wrinkles after four weeks and transform your overall skin tone after about eight weeks. I've always used collagen products that are like topical. Like I love a collagen sheet mask or, you know, a collagen cream, but I am so pumped to be in incorporating collagen into like my diet because mm-hmm. it's going to make such a big difference. I'm super excited about it. You can also just like sneak it in to whatever you're mm-hmm. already consuming, your coffee, like whatever. Yep. So right now, Ancient Nutrition is offering 20% off your first order when you go to ancientnutrition.com right now and enter promo code GALS, G-A-L-S at checkout. That's ancientnutrition.com. Enter that promo code GALS for 20% off your first order. One more time, ancientnutrition.com. Enter promo code GALS at checkout and treat your bod. Treat it. Did I intentionally misunderstand the assignment just enough (laughs) that I could cover this case? Yes, I did. Perfect. Were these crimes caught on tape? No. Did they involve scotch tape? But the video of the victim's rescue was how I found this case and shows the extent of the crime committed. So I'm going to say it fits because this was wild to me. Okay. All right. I'll take a rescue on tape. Yeah, exactly. Will like they, we be privy to this video? I didn't link it because it's it was pretty disturbing, but I did put some screenshots on the drive. Oh God, I have a I have a guess of what you're gonna talk about. Yeah, so this case is pretty well known, but as the least clued in true crime person in all of true crime, <laughs> I had not heard of this. <laughs> oh. I know what, oh Oh, no, no. I know what it is. Oh no. Oh yes. So, the perp. Todd Colep. Todd was a born Florida-man, born March of 1971, but was raised in South Carolina and Georgia. 
His parents split up when he was a toddler and his mother remarried when he was like three or four years old. Mm-hmm. Todd never got along with his stepfather. And though we don't know why their relationship was so strained, we do know that he had wanted to live with his dad when he got old enough to like articulate those feelings, mm-hmm. even though he had not seen his dad in years. So eventually he did end up with his dad in Arizona after the marriage of his mother and stepfather kind of fell apart in 1983 when Todd was 12 years old. But this was short lived as his father was not an active participant in being a parent Mm -hmm. and often just kind of left him to his own devices at 12, 13 years old while he went on dates with many lady friends, which like do you, but also get a a parent. I mean, I guess at 12, like, you can stay home alone, but, like, yeah. there's definitely a line between, like, letting your 12-year-old stay home alone in, and like, neglect. ways that feel safe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this was definitely bordering on neglect. Mm-hmm. And I am not empathizing with this horrible monster, but I think it's always, like, very interesting to mm-hmm. look at the childhood and be like, how are you so terrible? Right. So that's the point of this. So despite this short-lived situation, because, like, he did end up going back to live with his mom, he did, Todd did pick up his father's affinity for guns and other weapons. Like, apparently his dad, like, taught him how to make bombs. Cool. Really good. Good stuff. Bonding time. Bombing time. Bombing. Yeah. So possibly because of all of these family issues that I didn't even get super deep into, but you get the gist. Todd showed alarming behavior from early childhood. Mm. So very classic patterns that we've discussed before, like aggression toward other children, cruelty to animals. Mm. Even um, pre-living with his dad. Oh, yeah, no. He was like a toddler when this stuff started. Okay. He was like... Yeah. It was fucked up. I don't even want to. I didn't include like some of the stuff he did to animals because it was like too much. We don't need to hear it. Exactly. He was already geared towards this. Correct. And from a young age, he had a very volatile anger streak. Mm. So concerned, his mother enrolled him in therapy, which like, good Good. job, mama, at the age of nine. And he even spent a few months being treated at an inpatient psychiatric facility But his behavior continued to escalate despite psychiatric intervention. And at the age of 15, he kidnapped a 14-year-old girl at gunpoint. At 15? 15 years old, he was. He kidnapped a 14-year-old girl and sexually assaulted her and then threatened to kill her family if she told anyone. And how did Which, good for her, she did tell someone, thank God. Always tell. Right? I mean, yeah, it's tough, but yeah. And he was charged with the crime that the crimes that he committed against this young girl. He pled guilty to kidnapping in a deal that would drop other charges. So, like, basically, he said, yeah, I kidnapped her. And then the, like, felony sexual assault and, quote, dangerous crimes against children were dropped. God damn it. And also, like, the adults in his life who let him access a gun should have Mm -hmm. been fucking charged with the same crimes that he committed. They're culpable. I think he's so. 15. I completely agree. I completely agree. And I think that if like culpability and accountability were enforced in such a way, we'd probably have a very different dynamic mm-hmm. in society, our society right yeah. now, mm-hmm. because so much of the justice system allows for us to skirt 
accountability like mm-hmm. us especially well, as white as white people and this is mm-hmm. a this is a white family with a white male child mm-hmm. so like yes so as a result of the kidnapping he obviously uh, and the sexual assault but that was dropped so i just mean these charges in specific in particular sorry i've been drinking he served 15 years in prison and had to register as a sex offender he was released in 2001 and returned to south carolina so at this point he's like in his 30s correct oh he was like exactly 30 he was raised in prison, basically. So it, I mean, obviously this case already sounds horrific, what he did mm-hmm. to this 14-year-old victim. But like mm-hmm. for a 15-year-old who pled guilty to still get 15 years in prison, like shit. That's pretty bad. Yeah. It's it's bad. I mean, yeah, it was bad. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, just flagging that. Oh, a thousand percent. So Todd's released, he's like 30, and he sets up a life for himself by lying on an application to become a licensed realtor. Oh, about no. The, yep. Like, people did not person. mention. The total people person. But obviously did not mention that he, you know, was like a felon and sexual sex offender on this application. I have a question about those applications. Yes. It asks you if you've ever been convicted of a felony, but if you lie... Mm-hmm. Do they ever like follow up with that? Like it depends. It's honestly exactly like say you're crossing the border into Canada, right? And they stop you and they ask you questions and you lie. Sometimes they follow up. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes right. they stop you. Sometimes they don't. Mm. So you're not supposed to go into Canada for seven years after getting like a DUI, right? Mm-hmm. But you could try, and maybe they just won't stop you at the border, and you could technically get in, right? I think as someone who was an employer, I liked following up on people's references because I liked getting an idea of who a candidate was as like a person. Mm -hmm. But a lot of my colleagues in the hiring process never called people's references, like never followed up on that stuff. Right. And you can lie about your education. Like there's so we're so it it takes time and money. Yes. Complete a background check on someone. Exactly. So a lot of the time we're just going to go off of honesty policy, which I think in some cases, 99% of the time it works out fine. Like you trust that somebody is representing themselves, you know, to some extent reliably. Mm -hmm. And then you're able to make your own opinion of their like capabilities as an employee by just employing them and getting to know them. Right. And also in in terms of this, like for a realtor specifically, like, the the overarching realty company they their incentives are to get more realtors licensed under their mm-hmm. name because they get money from those realtors paying fees to them and those mm-hmm. realtors paying commissions to them some of that stuff's kind of getting into mlm territory mm-hmm. to be honest mm-hmm. but yeah no absolutely like they stand to gain by having right so what, I get- why would they pay money but the only thing is like maybe protecting their overarching brand. But like, right. why would they pay money to fulfill background checks on each and every person? I also have no idea what like real estate right. brokerage or whatever he worked for. So I don't know if it was a bigger, more established company or if it was a smaller brokerage that maybe just didn't want to spend the money. I don't know. Right. So it like, doesn't- also then if you do lie and then you do get your background checked, and mm-hmm. you, it turns out that you did lie. Are you culpable? Like, are you punished for that? I don't, I don't know. think there's really any legality unless the com- the company just chooses not to hire you then. No, I'm sure lying on a form like that has to have is 
probably a misdemeanor. I don't I'm know sure it what can, it is. But if it's the company never reports it and right. they're just, it's just an application or whatever, then the company's like, well, fuck you. You lied. We're not going to go through I, with this. I bet if like you're on parole, then there are stricter consequences than if you're not. I don't know. Sure. It probably I'm sure gets it, legally I'm sure it depends. complicated. But long story short, he applied, he lied, he got in. Right. Okay. So he became a licensed realtor with a successful real estate group and became a top seller in the Carolinas. Oh, my God. Yup. Jesus, what a crazy. The mediocrity of trash white men prevails once again. Yeah, my mom is a realtor and she is so painfully honest. She is the most honest individual ever. And if you need a realtor in the Twin Cities metro, please reach out because she has not killed anyone. Once she's done finishing our books, we have our priorities. (laughs) Do not distract her. Um, So he amassed wealth. I don't want to go to jail because maybe someone fucked up our taxes. Do not distract her. And that someone is not any of us. She's fixing a lot of issues that our previous bookkeeper left us. Exactly. So he amassed wealth, property, and a pilot's license. Oh, just no. Just thriving. Just like Kenyon's mother. Oh, oh my God. God yeah, yes. she did also have a pilot's license. <laughs> Things are adding up. And her is that real, real name or, is Todd. Did I just forget about that? She ran. I've told this story on the podcast. but yeah, she, she totally. Well, she took lessons anyway. She passed all the, like, paper on the ground tests. And then they walked her toward a plane and, and she was like, and then basically she like <laughs> uh-uh. got to the point where like you have to like fly the plane on your own basically and she was like, oh no, I don't want to be responsible for, for <laughs> people's oh, no, lives. I don't want to be a pilot. How did not, I end up here? Had this not crossed her mind before? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. She just, she balked. Good thing bookkeeping and realty are on the ground. <laughs> We need to have your mother on the show sometime. We she really do. So I have so bizarre. many questions. Oh, yeah. We'll She's have her on for a drug dive. Licensed VHS repair person. What? <laughs> Is that why you guys had that machine? The rewinder? Yeah. yeah. I thought that was the coolest thing. They had a separate I VHS rewinder. I am so confused. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> Three, I have too many questions. We don't have enough hours on this show for me to ask them all. And I so, so need much tape. to stop. There's so much tape in this episode. She, Crime's she, caught on tape. She uh-huh. also, one more quick thing. This week, she told me that she signed up for and is excited to take a feminist botany class. <laughs> Wait, is that just studying that. vaginal plants? I think so. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love orchids. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. all in. Ugh. Yep, that's okay. my mom. Well, so now it all makes sense. We need to get her scheduled for a, a drunk <laughs> guy. <laughs> so he is doing great, crushing it, living his fucking lie of a life. Mm-hmm. And about three years after his release from prison... The killings begin. Oh, Jesus Christ. So Todd was a customer of Superbike Motorsports in Chensi, South Carolina. Mm. In 2003, he purchased a motorcycle there, specifically a $9,000 2003 Suzuki GSX R750, mm-hmm. like a oh. crotch rocket. Ah, yes. A new crotch rocket. A brand spanking new crotch rocket, but shortly after wanted to return it. 
And this isn't really a thing with motor vehicles. Like a lot of places will not allow returns at all because a vehicle decreases substantially in value the moment you yeah, drive it off yeah, a lot. So sure. like just a reminder, a new car or motorcycle or whatever is a racket. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not wise to buy a new, new car. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Superbike Motorsports would not accept the return. And Todd claims the staff mocked him because they were uh, some folks who worked there were like, he came in and he was mad because he was like bad at driving it. Yeah. So he wanted to return it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they kind they Classic maybe poked Todd. at him. Vintage Todd. <laughs> uh, but it's just so fucked up. It's like. What is I don't, is it Margaret Atwood who had that quote mm-hmm. that was like women are afraid that men will kill them men are afraid that like women will laugh at them or whatever mm-hmm. like that's exactly what the fuck this was mm-hmm. so days later shop owner Scott Ponder 30 years old service manager Brian Lucas 30 years old mechanic Chris Sherbert 26 years old and bookkeeper Beverly Guy 52 who was the owner Scott Ponder's mother oh, were remind all- you of anything yeah, family biz, but oh, I don't pond. want don't want it to remind us too much. Oh no, because they were all found dead in the shop from gunshot wounds. Oh no, I didn't no, know about this part of it. No cash or items were missing from the scene, ruling out a robbery gone wrong. And investigators could not identify a solid suspect, and the case remained open and unsolved for thirteen years. So, so oh. sorry if you already said this. They mocked him in front of him. Like yeah. I mean, he claims that they mocked him. Yeah, I'm sure. But it was probably like, no, you can't return a bike because you don't know how to drive it. Right. You can sell it to someone else, but we don't accept returns. Yeah, Yeah, it's a new vehicle. You don't get to just return it. Right. And this was in 2003. So, like, now we have... Well, right. Now we have a totally different, like type of car buying experiences where there are some companies that will let you have a car for like 30 days Mm. to test it or whatever. But that was not a thing then and it's barely a thing now. Yeah. So now we're we're gonna fast forward. That's 13 years where we have like no substantial leads. And sadly, uh, uh, in that time, Scott Ponders, I think recently divorced, like recent ex-wife, or maybe even they were still married at the time, I don't know, became like a huge, you know, center of suspicion in this case. And she had nothing to do with it. And it like ruined her life. Oh, no. I mean, when you're already grieving such a complicated situation, because I do believe that they were separated or divorced. And that was part of why people were like, you know, she wanted his money or whatever. But it's like there, there wasn't a rot, like there wasn't a theft. Maybe she was still entitled to some life insurance. I don't know. Long story short, she didn't fucking do it right. and was wrongfully accused, even though she was never charged. Well, like, how could investigators possibly know to look for, like, a guy that bought a crotch rocket from them a month ago? Like, well, that would he- not be, like, an instant suspect unless maybe that, you know, the victims had, like, documented that he was disgruntled. But one, they're not that I likely mean- to do that. And two, like, even that is... Typically, not a motive for murder, mass right. murder. So, like, yeah. yes and no. Uh, he he did buy it like a week before the mur- the murder. So he should. I mean, I would assume that anyone who had recently been in the shop should have been on a suspect list. But and maybe he was, and he, maybe he was questioned. I don't know. Right. Um. Also, there were witnesses that like l- later testified that 
he had come in and out of the shop several times. There was another report that said that he was like um, staging some sort of theft of this bike and trying to blame the okay. Superbike Motorsports, so but I couldn't confirm sketch. that. He was being sketchy enough that he should have absolutely been a suspect okay. at the very least. Okay. So, you know, cops are useless. There I said it. There I said it again. <laughs> it has been 20 minutes. But it's been more than 20 minutes. I'm way overdue. <laughs> Cue Which brings the us Apple Podcast <laughs> reviews. That's 2016. Bring it on, Mike Boudet. Oh, my God. Um. So this is the main plot of this story that we're getting into and how this is 2016... Todd finally confesses to the Superbike murders because of what happens now. So about five years prior to 2016, so around 2011, a young woman named Kayla Brown was introduced to Todd by a mutual friend. Kayla worked part-time cleaning homes. I believe she also was either at the time training to be or already working as a nurse or like a physician's assistant. Okay. And Todd hired her to clean and sort of maintain his home and occasionally do some yard work for him. So she had done several odd jobs for him over the years. It wasn't like super consistent. She wasn't like cleaning his house top to bottom once a month. She but was he would... like a task rabbit basically exactly. before a task rabbit. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So in late August of 2016, Todd contacted Kayla about some work that he wanted done around his home. He specifically wanted some yard work done, like clearing some brush and maybe some old shrubbery. Mm-hmm. So she agreed and also enlisted her uh, live-in boyfriend. Some people called him her husband but i don't think they were legally married Mm -hmm. a man named charlie carver to come assist her with the work and so this next part is from kayla directly it's a little disturbing and it's a little long but i wanted to share her experience like Mm -hmm. with her own words so Mm -hmm. quote we had walked inside and got hedge clippers and walked back outside todd went back inside and told us to hold on for a second Mm -hmm. me and charlie were standing side by side outside the building the building being his house, facing the doorway, waiting for Todd to come back out. When Todd came back out, he had a gun in his hand. Mm. He fired three shots into Charlie's chest. Oh, God. Charlie fell backwards. I was completely in shock. I looked down at him. That's when Todd grabbed me from behind, took me inside, put me on the floor, and handcuffed me. He put me on the floor. He handcuffed my hands behind my back and cuffed my feet. Then he sat down in a chair and told me that he was sorry about Charlie, that he had to let me know he was serious, that he wouldn't hurt me if I did what he said, and that he couldn't believe that I didn't realize that he liked to kill people because I knew he used to do it for a living. What? This is him, like, just rambling to her. Then she's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Right. I came here to do yard work. Right. I was going to clear brush oh my god and she's done work for him before so she went in totally unsuspecting for five years oh my god yeah it's so fucked up is he yeah i put a picture of him on the drive i don't think so but he may as well be never trust a blonde man no he's not blonde no he's probably just a man never trust a man that Mm -hmm. makes it easier so He said that he did it like killed people for the government for a living. And I should have known better. He said he was breaking all his rules with me and he didn't know if he was going to kill me or sell me or what yet. But he just wanted me for some reason. Oh, my God. I did not know these details of this. case. And she's giving all of this testimony 
in the ambulance moments after her rescue. Uh, like there's video of it. I was just like, I can't she's watch just, that. She, no, she, but she, I mean, it was remarkable what how she just like brave. gets into a safe space and yeah. then it just, she just goes. Pours out of her. Yeah. Of yes. <gasps> oh, it's just so, so sad. Oh, uh, when he took me outside, Charlie was wrapped up in a blue tarp and in the bucket of his tractor. So he must have had like, mm-hmm. you know, like a tractor with like a scoop on the front for doing yard work or whatever. He had a big property. So mm-hmm. he put me in the building and left me there. So the building that she's referring to mm-hmm. is a shipping container yeah. that he had on his property. Oh, yeah. He told me he buried him, meaning Charlie, somewhere out there and that he said that nobody would ever find him because he put red pepper around him and that wouldn't let the dogs smell him. Okay, that's not going to work, but no. that's okay. bullshit, but okay. But also ish. Yeah. The story was he told me about four. He also told me that he walked into a few years back that he walked into a bike shop in Anderson and shot four people and that they never found out who did it. Mm-hmm. He liked to brag that he was a serial killer and a mass murderer. He said he was going to kill more people because he had dreams of his body count being in three digits. Mm-hmm. He said right now it was still in the high two digits. He said if I was a good girl, he'd teach me how to kill and I could be his partner. I've always been in the mm. medical field. I don't know why he'd think I would want to hurt someone. He liked to brag about people he killed. Ugh. He just... Um, oh. He's a psychopath. Yeah. Like, just... There's no, there are no Completely words. unhinged. He is, like... I just yeah. keep going back to the fact that she had done work for him in the past. Oh, yeah. I mean, he'd been, like, watching her. yeah. You know, he, he was a customer. Yeah, hers. but also like he said, like he said to her earlier, like for some, he wanted her. Right, right. He had just set his sights on her. Yeah, so <sighs> he was more than a customer. Like I think, I think he hired her with the intention of claiming her in some way, and, and then, was just figuring yeah. out how and when to do well, it. He was more than a customer, obviously, right. from his perspective, but from hers. From hers. Yeah, she had no idea. She, and just tr- she was just a guy that hired her every now and then. And he's, like, well-known in the community. He's a fucking top-selling realtor. Yeah, like, and she brought her partner boyfriend. with. So you feel like it's even added security. So, yeah. <gasps> yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I, yeah, it's triggering my fucking... I, these, yeah, Ugh. these cases, these these kidnapping so cases are the, the hardest too. Shit mm-hmm. comes out of the fucking perceived blue. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I feel so. She continues nauseous. on to say, "Quote: He would get there like to check in on her between one and three o'clock every day. Take me up to the main building, which was his house. Feed me, make me do whatever he wanted sexually, and then he would put me back in the building." He would always come back between 5 and 7 p.m., take me back up to the building, feed me again most of the time, get whatever out of me he wanted sexually again. Mm-hmm. I had a chain around my neck connected to the wall and a cuff around my ankle. When he would come get me, he would come in with a gun. He would sit the gun down before he got within reach of me. It took me weeks and weeks to convince him not to walk me around in ankle cuffs because they hurt my ankles. Mm -hmm. The first two weeks I was there in the building, my ankles were cuffed, my hands were cuffed behind my back, and I had a chain around my neck. Oh, my God. 
Yeah. This he's this woman. It, I mean, what a fucking survivor. I just can't. It's I mean, it, I first of all, physically I couldn't survive this because I'm sure this dude's not going to be like checking my blood sugar and right. giving me my insulin. So I would have been dead within 2 weeks anyway. Yeah. You would not but have I, been a great long-term investment mm, for him. No. Mm-mm, I'm expensive. Your ROI is <laughs> less Whoa. than desirable. Yeah. But psychologically, I would have broken so much faster than this woman. And yeah. we'll get to how long she was in captivity. So one more bit of her testimony in the, what are those called? Ambulance. He said he would never see jail time. He would either buy his way out of it or his handlers would get him out. Mm -hmm. He said that if he was ever caught, that he would say, I shot Charlie, that I had seduced him and made him think I wanted to get away from Charlie. He said that he had money and they would believe him first and that he was going to put it all on me. And I mean, yeah, that's real fucked up to say for him to say, but like, historically we've seen this play out this way well also so like, like this it is can a... sound preposterous but also she's been held in such conditions that like yeah it's possible he could have brainwashed her over time uh-huh. into believing this yeah yeah it doesn't really take much under right. certain circumstances it right. really does not So she said, he said that he had money and they would believe him first and that he was going to put it all on me. He liked to tell me that he would never be in trouble for this, that he would make sure it was my fault somehow. He actually made me handle several of his guns, like to get her fingerprints Mm -hmm. on them. I know I had my hands on at least two of his pistols. Mm -hmm. So like I said, the building that she was talking about is a shipping container that he kept her in. And we're getting to where the caught on tape portion of this case comes in. So Kayla and Charlie went missing on August 31st, 2016. And it was reported almost immediately because, like, people didn't know where she was. She left behind, like, her beloved dog with no food or water. And that would, like, her mother immediately was like, this is not right. She would never leave this dog for, like, hours on end without somebody checking in on it. Like, there's no possible way. So within, like, a day, people were like, where the fuck is Kayla specifically, especially? Right. There was really no reason to assume it was it was Todd that had done this. But these types of dudes always find a way to incriminate themselves. Mm-hmm. So Todd took to Facebook. We talked about this recently and started posting some very sus shit. But not as Todd, as fucking Charlie. No! Oh. Yeah. He logged into Charlie's account and started commenting on posts because other friends were like, Where's Kayla? Mm -hmm. And then he would go, and I have a screenshot of one of them on the drive, which will be on the blog. He would go respond on these posts on Facebook. How did he get in? How did he get into his account? Well, I'm not sure. Maybe Kayla knew Charlie's password, and he forced her to tell him. Yeah, very likely. Or he had his phone or something like that. Right? Yep, because it, it was 2016. Oh, like, yeah. there were iPhones. He yeah. could have just lo- been like, what's this guy's password? Right. And it's just logged into his Facebook app. Yeah, totally. You don't need a fucking password for that shit. People were immediately weirded out saying there's, like, no way that was actually Charlie. That the posts were very uncharacteristic of Charlie. And posting in general was uncharacteristic mm-hmm. of Charlie because he didn't really use his account that much. Right. Most of the posts have since been deleted, but one report, like one article, had a message that he had sent to several of Charlie's friends from Charlie's account that read, quote, I'm just missing to everyone else. We both okay. 
There's only one person that knows where we are. The person that means the most to me and Kayla. She know where we are and we are coming that way forever. So just like weird syntax. Nonsense. And like, yeah. Meanwhile, Kayla was an active Facebook user Mm -hmm. and had not been making any posts for days. And Mm -hmm. so friends were like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. It'd be like me not right. posting for days. Oh my god! Or not posting me for an posting hour. a bunch. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Both of those things. Or me so, knowing how to post to TikTok. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, I'd be like, no, highly suspicious. No. Yeah, it's not her. That bitch was kidnapped. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if you say post to TikTok. That sounds wrong. I don't it'd be, it'd be like idea. me. Ticking. I call it talk talk. Even ticking so, or I'm talking. not the one to ask. <laughs> Is this the part where I talk? (laughs) Okay. Finally, on November 3rd, 2016, so over two months after being taken by Todd, Kayla was finally found thanks to cell phone signal tracking uh, of the couple's final movements that brought them to, like, the general area of Todd's property. Mm -hmm. And so they, and that property is pretty big, so they start going over there and looking around and Kayla, God bless her, could hear activity on the grounds mm. and started banging her chain yes. against the wall of the shipping container. Yes. Which was completely locked. I don't think Todd, I don't, I, no, I think he was on the property at the time, but he was in his house. So I don't think he had any clue like what the fuck was going on. Right. And then they, they took like a, like a circular saw to cut into the lock of this shipping container. It was like wild watching this footage where they're like blasting sparks fucking everywhere to get to her. Yes. And it was like kind of in the middle of nowhere, wasn't it? Kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's like very wooded. There's Mm -hmm. an aerial shot that I put on the drive of. Yeah. So it's like a shipping container, but it's like two, it's like a double wide. Like there's two of them side by side. And then he put like a little roof on it. It, He made it into a shed. And maybe like some kind of generator. Maybe it looks like. Or at yeah, least an air I conditioning she, unit it does or something. Look yeah. like a building, like she right. said, but it's also like again in the middle of nowhere. It's completely mm-hmm. sealed. It's like mm-hmm. a fucking tomb. It's horrifying. Yeah. I well, remember and you can, this story breaking. Oh you my God. can see. Oh, whoops! One of my one of my screenshots didn't work, so I'll have to replace it. But you can see on the drive, like there's a photo of them cutting into the shipping containers. Mm-hmm. Like you can see that it is absolutely made out of shipping containers. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It's bonkers. It's steel. Um, yeah. People, it, yeah. People can fucking live in shipping containers. Mm-hmm. Like they're, uh, they're often converted into homes. Yeah. 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 But if it's not like well ventilated and like intended to be a oh, home. Oh no, this it's... is, this is, uh, <laughs> no, 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 I'm not saying, like this is horrific. I'm just mm-hmm. saying like, yeah. Right, it's big enough to You can to buy keep a shipping a person. container it's and, large. and put it on your property. Yeah, pro- yeah. The exactly. space, I'm sure, was not her primary issue. Yeah. So like I said, body cam footage of her rescue basically like went viral, and that's how I found this case. Yeah. And like I said, holy shit, I'm not going to link it, but it is readily available if you choose to look this up. I remember this fucking yeah, story I've breaking. I've seen mm-hmm. it. It's really, it's really fucking scary. Like she was chained in a corner, sitting on a makeshift bed on the floor with a stack of fucking true crime novels on her little bedside table what? that Todd provided her. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Oh, what a fucking absolute psychopath. Yeah, I put a photo on the drive of He's like totally like her bedside off table on these stupid details. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's horrifying. The worst. I it's just there's something especially sickening to me about like the true crime novels yeah. while you're living in a true crime. Oh my god. I it's didn't know any so of gross. these details. Oh my god. What's it's a so true crime novel? Well, well like, I guess it's not a true crime novel, but I don't know. I don't even know if they're novels, but like crime novels or true crime books. Well, I don't like know. Books. I yeah. don't know if they're fiction or not. Right. I think that's what Lucy's like the getting. The stranger at. beside me or whatever. Right. Yeah. Well, that's not a novel. But yeah. Sure. Okay. Eng- a book. English major. So, oh, a search of the a property book that you get from a spinny rack at an airport. Exactly. Gotcha. Or a okay. grocery store. A book. So, <laughs> a search of the property uncovered two grave sites with the bodies of married couple Megan Coxie, 26 years old, and Johnny Coxie, 29 years old. Hmm. They had also been previously hired to do handiwork for Todd before he killed them both about a week apart mm. with a shotgun to the chest and head. So it's likely that he killed Johnny first, oh kept Megan around God. for a week, and then killed her. So he was so cocky because he'd done it before. Yep. Oh, my. And he like he to said to Kayla, up. yeah, like he said to Kayla, I don't know if I'm going to kill you or sell you or what. Like he probably had the same issue with Megan. Oh, my God. And wasn't sure what to do and then ended up killing her. Um, They were both killed right around Christmas of 2015. So they'd been buried on his property for over a year um, or just about a year. And Todd used. Sorry, go ahead. So people were these people that were doing work for him. Weren't they driving to his property? And then what did he do with the car? And like, that's a good question. I really don't know the answer to that. I didn't. It didn't come up in like. Right. This research that I did. And I didn't even think to check that out. But he probably just ditched them somewhere. Right. You know, right. I don't know. Todd used their shallow graves to intimidate Kayla into submission. Mm. Todd then leveraged the information he had about the superbike murders to arrange a meeting with his mother. So after he was arrested, he's like, I know what happened with, you know, with the superbike murders. Let me talk to my mom because I know I'm probably going to end up like in jail forever or getting the death penalty. Okay, sure. So they were like, fine, we'll let you talk to your mom. So while meeting with her, he confessed to killing all four Superbike staff and even mentioned having shot each individual in the head, which was a detail that investigators did not share with the press. Okay. So they had all been shot like in the chest or back. And then he, after they were all prone on the ground, he had gone around and like double tapped them each in the head with a shotgun. Okay. Yeah. So... Yeah, he made arrangements with his mother to transfer funds of his to a friend's child to be used for college. Oh, my God. Can you Uh imagine? I'd be like, no, thanks. Heart (laughs) of gold. (laughs) A philanthropist till the very end. How giving. Can I just the audacity? Right. But I mean, he was fucking wealthy. It's like, I just. Oh. yeah, I for some reason when I I like screamed when I read that I was like, <laughs> okay. Can you imagine being that friend or that child? I I don't think I could take it. I don't no. think I could take that money. No, I'd, I'd immediately give it to like yeah. Kayla or the family of right. the survivor yeah, or some of the survivors. Some yeah. charity, something that's you can't. Yeah. that's blood money. You cannot take yeah. that, even for the noble. 
cause of college. No. no. And the only time, the oh, I feel like the only way that's not blood money is if it's going as like reparations to the families oh, right. of people that, right, you right, know, right. like I, I could never. So, yeah. And uh, apparently he gave his mom like a photograph of himself as a parting cool. gift. Just so gross. Like, I know what you look like. I'm good. As business card. Got your mug Ugh. shot. I'm good. So his while Todd is ad. Oh, oh ad. my God. Can you imagine? I bet he did have them. No. I bet he did. Uh. Fucking ish. So Todd is definitely responsible for the murders of seven known victims, but he claimed in the last chat with his mommy and to Kayla that he had killed many more than that. Remember, he told Kayla that right. his numbers were in the double digits. So this is from Wikipedia. Quote, when his mother asked how many, his response was, you do not have enough fingers. Cool. During interrogation, he claimed to have shot a victim in Arizona. On November 18th, 2016, he was re- it was reported that Tempe Police Repar- Department had begun an investigation. Oh, my God. I need to never drink again. <laughs> into Colep's claim, searching through unsolved homicides in the past three decades. They said they would focus on cases dated from 1983 to 1986 when Colep was living with his father because this was a department in that area of Arizona. Yeah, and because he started so young. He started at 15. Uh Huh? Exactly. So literally anything before and after he was in jail, like if he was in that area, could have been him. And also between August 2001, obviously when he completed his sentence for kidnapping, and November 2001 when he moved back to South Carolina. So on November 25th, 2016, police in Greer, South Carolina, announced that they had named Colep as a person of interest in an unsolved 2003 bank robbery and triple homicide at the local Blue Ridge Savings Bank. This crime was separated from the Chen shootings by six months. However, as of May 16th, 2018, no definitive link between him and the killings was established. And he has denied any involvement in the case. This guy, so like, we don't know. He like both did and did not at all have an mo. Yup. That's it's so, so weird. frightening. Like he had this kidnapping for sexual mm-hmm. assault, sexual crimes. Mm-hmm. Mo, and then he mm-hmm. also had this like random. It's just an anger streak, rage, spree. egotistical anger streak. Yes. Yeah. Well, and then part of that ego is him already saying, like, I sh- I hope to have so many victims. So, like, maybe yep. this was a pure body count at a certain mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. He just wanted to kill people. And he then a bank who robbery, too, is so, it's so narcissistic. Mm-hmm. If he it's did that, yeah. Narcissism. It's narcissism. Yeah. Ugh. So Todd was charged in the murders of the Superbike staff. Of the Coxies and Charlie Carver, as well as kidna- the kidnapping of Caleb Brown. On May 26, 2017, excuse me, I'm burping, he pleaded guilty to seven counts of murder, two counts of kidnapping, and one count of criminal sexual assault, and was sentenced to seven mm-hmm. consecutive life sentences without the possibility of parole. I thought you were going to say seven years. I know, oh, I wanted to get you on the hook for that, it. but... <sighs> I knew it wouldn't work, but it worked a little bit. <laughs> and he did this in a deal that took the death penalty off the table. So mm-hmm. he avoided the death penalty by accepting the, these terms. Mm-hmm. So though no other victims have been found or confirmed, like on they, there's no other bodies that have been found on his property and they fucking dug up mm-hmm. the whole place. Mm-hmm. He still insists that he's killed more people. 
despite not giving investigators any details on who or where to find these people. Mm -hmm. I feel like this fucker would have already tried to parlay those details into better treatment for himself if he actually had. I think he was so fucking egotistical and into the idea of himself as like some big time government contract killer or serial killer that he could be completely making that up to like bolster his own disgusting image. Right. That's what I, I don't think he fucking killed any other people. Right. I think he just wants to feel special Mm -hmm. because he's fucking sick. And he likes to have something to dangle over. So like Mm -hmm. a year from now or 10 years from now, he can be like, well, I have information about blah. Mm-hmm. Like oh, that's what a, a give lot me of attention. Killers like to do right. Totally right. Well, and he thinks he's so fucking smart and right. like clever. So Kayla also sued Todd for damages totaling over six million dollars. And as Lucille Bluth would say, "Good for her." You know Good what? Good for her. Sixty million dollars. Right. It's not enough. All of the dollars. Yeah. Take back that college money. Yeah. It's yours. You should mm-hmm. get. The money from the property, mm-hmm. fucking all of it, and more. The mm-hmm. trauma that she went through, I cannot. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's unimaginable. Well, and that's my case. Well, we switched job. this this week. Yeah, we did I a flipperoo. I had to go dark for you, honey. Mm-hmm. Well, someone's got to. It, that was. Uh, very interesting. And thank you so much to our fan picker, Sarah Couch or Cooch. We love Cooch. We love them both. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank oh. you. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Editing by Jonathan Camp. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It is the best way to spread the word. If you'd like to show your support and get a shout out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers. Cheers.